What's up, everybody? It's time for another Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Keefe. Today's podcast is an interview with Eva Torek. Her new single, Finally Today, is out now. Check it out. And the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast welcomes in Eva Torek. Eva, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm great. What an honor to be here. Thank you. Oh, it's an honor for us to chat with you as well. You're a very exciting artist that uh, came on our radar a few months ago, and uh, and I'm sure you've worked a lot longer than that, but um, it's just really fantastic to get to connect with you. Thank you. You're welcome. So, you know, first and foremost, we uh, we got to know you through premiering one of your videos. You put out three recent singles, uh, Finally Today, Action Speak Louder, and Dark Side of Me. We got to premiere Action Speak Louder, which was fantastic. All these uh, videos are distinct and, uh, you know, very, very interesting. Um, and I think are really an extension of you as an artist, if I may say so. So I wanted to first uh, start with the current story and, uh, you know, hear about these singles and the video treatments. Yeah, so you're right. I've released three singles. And thank you so much to Ghost Colt for premiering Action Speak Louder. That was a really great premiere and um, a really great take on the lyric video, I think. So uh, my first music video that I did was a full production music video, and that was Dark Side of Me. And we had, you know, the the full production team and actresses and, and everything um, as part of that video. And I really, that's how I really wanted to launch. But then I wanted to follow it up quickly with some more singles that help show what I'm all about since I am a brand new artist. So we wanted to do some lyric videos, but I, I'm so sick of the boring lyric videos that are just images with text scrolling across the screen. I really wanted to do something different. And I've always been a fan of handwriting. I love writing real letters and sending them in the mail. I, I write to my friends, I write to my family, and I feel like handwriting is such a great expression of who a person is. You, everyone's handwriting is unique. And so I, I thought of this concept of doing a lyric video that was actually me writing out the lyrics. And so that's what we did for Action Speak Louder. And I think it came out really cool. I think that you can communicate a lot about the meaning behind the lyrics with just how the handwriting is coming across and what's emphasized and what's fast and what's slow and what's sloppy and what's neat. And I just, I think it's, it's a take on a lyric video that hasn't been done before. And that was really cool to be able to put that out there. Right on. I love seeing you at what I imagine looked like your desk at home probably. And you know, the penmanship and you're just furiously plugging away at this, you know, you know, sort of opus to someone or to yourself, maybe, uh, you know, you know, it seemed like almost, yeah. general, but uh, it was beautifully done. And I do appreciate the unique approach because you do, you are seeing like a lot of, you know, very tired things out there. And, uh, and I get it. Like a lyric video is, you know, it was, for a while it seemed like it was going to be passe, but I do think it's a very good marketing tool to put a song out with a visual. And uh, you have a very distinct visual style, which is the thing that in addition to the music is, you know, immediately noticeable about your voice and the song craft. But I love that you have like a very distinct visual, uh, you know, style that kind of goes along with everything. And it permeates all your work, the songs, the lyrics, your singing, the video treatments, the lyric video. It's all kind of very unified, which I love. 
Thank you. That was important to me. I really like to stick to the vibe that I feel like my music creates and sort of as I've evolved as an artist, I think I've really settled into this dark, witchy, pagan, occult uh, kind of feel with my, with my vibe. And since my voice is um, a, a female voice, it's a higher register, it's softer, it's more, um, it's more crooning and more melancholy than a lot of the other metal artists out there. And so I feel like that gives a really unique quality to hard rock and metal music when you have that juxtaposition there. So I just, I really like the, the idea of playing with dark and light and having a lot of juxtaposition with the art that I'm creating. And I think that's part of the reason why I'm really drawn to the sort of darker, um, witchy kind of dark black vibe of my visuals because I, my voice is very much on the light side. Does that make sense? Totally, totally. And then I love uh, that you talk a lot about themes and your lyrics and uh, your form of expression, not just singing, but how you come across. Because I think it is, there, you know, there is kind of this two-sided coin in the music business where you know, oh, it's a female lead singer and she's going to be witchy. But, um, you know, you really are putting across like themes of modern paganism. And, and uh, you know, it's not like a cult for the sake of being a cult. I think it's like very, you know, um, telling and uh, very interesting and, and maybe even enlightening to some fans who get to know you and did not really, you know, I'm so metal and cool and I like witches and Satan, but it's really much more than that. And I really appreciate your like sort of holistic take on it. Thanks. I I really try and write from a very authentic place. All of my music is, uh, all of my lyrics are either about personal experience that I've had or an experience that I've been very close to, something of a a friend um, who's confided in me or a story that I heard that really touched me. Uh, But mostly it's my own personal experience. And I think that, you know, you know, I'm... I think that that authenticity really comes through in my lyrics. And I think that people who have, who hear them can hear a lot of themselves in my lyrics because I'm not, I'm not unique. I go through the same things that everyone goes through. I have the same fears, the same anxieties, the same terrible breakups, the same falling in love, the same body image issues. Um, I, I suffer with depression and I have my whole life and that that is not unique to me and I write about it and I hope that other people will see you know their own struggles in what I write and really um, identify with that so yeah I think in that regard it's not just hey I'm metal I'm witchy and I'm cool I try to just really tell the truth in my lyrics to try and really touch people on a deeper level than just being a witchy front woman. <laughs> Fantastic. And I, it's much appreciated. Um, and I do appreciate the uh, mental health discussion. I also have dealt with issues like that all my life. And I think there's still some strange stigma about it in society where totally. it's uh, frowned upon. If you, sh- you know, we either we're oversharing and it's cool and awkward or we're not, sh- you know, we're not sharing enough at the right times. And, um, 
you know, it's so important right now to just be, even if it's painful or embarrassing, you need to be forthcoming about these things and not be afraid to ask for help or just find some help for yourself. So I really appreciate the frank talk, the real talk about it. Yeah. It's, it's important now more than ever because of the kind of world that we've been our, our eyes have suddenly been open to what kind of world we're living in with this pandemic. And I don't know when this podcast is going to air, but right now we're, we're just, we're still in the thick of it. And I really hope that by the time this airs, we have some hope and we have some light at the end of the tunnel. But right now we're just realizing how fragile our society is and how fragile we are as human beings. We're susceptible to these these viruses that are just invisible and they can take our lives, they can take our health, they can take our loved ones away from us. And, um, you know, I think that, it, that this is really the time for us to be honest about who we are as human beings and what we're afraid of and what we suffer from. And, you know, um, really use that experience to connect with each other the best way we can, because we can't connect physically right now. We can't go to shows. We can't be in the mosh pit together. We can't, you know, be right up next to our metal brothers and sisters. And I think that instead of that, we really need to reach out to one another and connect over lyrics that touch us. So true. And uh, even though I, I do kind of feel even as a professional working in the business of marketing and media, that all these devices kind of make us emotionally unavailable in another form. It is good that we are able to connect like you and I can chat on the phone and people can do Zoom calls. And, you know, the technology is helping bridge this uh, divide right now that we're all kind of enforced to deal with. And uh, we need it. We need to stay sheltering in and safe at home. But uh yeah, it's just a crazy time in the world. And uh, certainly people who already have these issues, it would be a lot worse and compound the loneliness and isolation can make things sometimes better. <laughs> sometimes you need to be alone and other times it's like, oh, this is brutal. I'm not going to see a friend for months or who knows, maybe the whole year. I mean, I think that even the most introverted introvert is starting to say, okay, <laughs> this, is, this is getting hard. And, you know, I, I'm definitely one of those people that is introverted in real life and extroverted in my music and on stage. And so, yeah, for a little while, I was very much like, cool, I can stay home and that can be okay. Um, and I don't have to be embarrassed about wanting to stay home. And I don't have to be embarrassed about feeling down right now because everyone's feeling down. Um, but you know, even, even for me and even for people who are more introverted than me, I think it's getting hard <laughs> to just, you know, stay home. And we're all sort of wishing for our old lives back and we're ready to get to what's going to be the new normal. Um, and I think we're all ready for some good news too. I'm really hoping that we can find treatments that um, can help, you know, prevent us from losing so many people to this virus. It's just heartbreaking. You know, you guys have had it hard. I have friends in the area have told me some horror stories and, and some good stories too. So, I mean, I hope we can all, I'm in Brooklyn. I have friends, you know, people at Ghost Culture across the world, London, everywhere. So, you know, I hope we can all get through this together, keep our wits about us, ignore some of the uh, people who will not listen to reason or science. And, um, you know, and if, I know. if uh, natural selection takes them first, oh well. And, uh, but, you know, seriously, uh, I, I do hope we get it all back. And, uh, 
yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. You know, you have this sort of big run of things planned, you know, to celebrate these singles. And I don't know if you've been personally impacted in terms of the complete global show and music industry shutdown. Obviously, we all have been. But uh, ha did you have any gigs planned or any touring set up that you were looking forward to? Well, yeah. So the, the biggest thing that I was looking forward to was shooting my next full production music video. Um, I was planning on doing a music video for a song called Something Happened Here. And it's about a creepy house. It's about sort of coming back to your past and um, realizing that your past and your traumas that you've experienced are sort of embedded in the architecture of this house. And we, we found a really creepy house we were going to shoot in and we had the concept all laid out and we were just ready to go. And this pandemic hit and it was just, it was so devastating, but I just, I had so many really great plans for that video, but I'm hoping that we'll be able to pick up where we left off and still shoot that video. Um, I, I did have a few other things sort of ready to go um, that, that will, um, that I'll still be able to release despite, you know, not being able to really do anything because of social distancing. But, um, and yeah, I really would love to, I have not played a premiere show yet. I, I've played a lot of shows with other bands that I've been in. I'm, I'm not a stranger to touring or, or playing live, but with these songs, I have not performed them live yet. And I'm really looking forward to being able to do that. And I, you know, whatever that's going to look like, I'm even open to, you know, maybe having some kind of a, a show where I perform just for one or two people. Um, even that is, is fine and would be, you know, a really cool intimate experience for me. So I don't know what the future of, of, you know, big metal concerts is going to look like, but I'm ready to adapt. I love smaller shows also. And, you know, I'm perfectly fine sitting at a piano and playing my songs for people. Um, it's just not the same community vibe that you get. It's not the same excitement that you get from a metal show. So I'm looking forward to doing that again. And I hope that that day is, you know, somewhere on the horizon. I hope. We can hope, right? Yeah, for sure. We have to have hope. And uh, I really, yeah. I, I love that take on it. And I do love the singles approach. I have to be honest. I think I know we live in an age where, uh, uh, you know, you can do a lot if you're creating an album, but I do feel like there's a segment of, of the, you know, music audience, especially for heavy music that is kind of, trained getting trained up on streaming finally or now it's one of the most loyalist audiences mm -hmm. according to spotify or people who like heavy music and dark music and so I, I do love the approach to just a stream of singles as you need them and uh i think it's great it's not a novelty i think it's uh you know there's a lot of work that goes into making a full album so i'm sure you you know you knock these all out in the studio but um yeah i'm excited to hear that you have more new music on the way that's great yeah, yeah. And, and I think that that's also part of adapting to the new model of music uh, and how people are buying music and how people are experiencing music. Um, I will definitely launch my full album. I have a 14 song EP, um, LP that's already recorded. Um, I have a small run of vinyls that are already pressed. I love vinyl. I have great artwork on it. And I think that just, you know, as a piece of art, 
I, a vinyl, being able to, you know, sell vinyls to my listeners is, is a really cool thing. And I will have that eventually. But I think that, you know, for the time being, given that I can't tour and I can't really support a large album release, I think I'll keep doing these singles and, and, and kind of, you know, giving each song a visual element, I think would be really cool. And that's my goal. If I can work that out, if I can, you know, find a way to give each song some kind of unique visual that really helps people connect with it, I'm going to try and do that. So we'll see. That's, that's my dream. Nice. I hope you get to live that dream because um, that Thank sounds you. really exciting to me. I'm also a big vinyl fan. Um, just for a second, let's dial it back to the, the beginning here for you. And uh, I'm always curious sure. to know what was sort of, was there ever, were you always, did you come out of the womb in love with music? Did you sing at an early age? Was there an album or an artist or a song that sort of flipped the switch in you that made you also want to perform and sing? I'm always curious. Oh my gosh, sure, all of the above. Um, <laughs> copy paste. So I, I definitely did not um, start singing at an early age, but I did start music at an early age. And um, I'm classically trained in percussion, in mallet percussion. So really the, the first instrument that I really fell in love with was the marimba. And I, I took I took lessons. I, I played the marimba in the high school band and just really, really loved percussion, really loved um, being able to uh, express myself with with a, a mallet instrument. I think it's beautiful. And I just I started, you know, playing things by ear um, and I had. I had a little bit of piano background also, so um, really just kind of transitioned from, you know, playing a couple cool tool songs on marimba to playing, um, you know, whatever, whatever was popular and whatever I was hearing on piano. And, um, you know, then I, uh, I, I was, drunk at a party and everyone was playing rock band and I got up and I sang something. I want to say it was an Aerosmith song. I can't remember, but it turned out that there were some members of the um, Atlanta opera in in attendance at the party. And they came up and they were like, Oh, are you a singer? And I said, no, I'm just, I'm just drunk. I am not a singer. And they, uh, and uh, one of the, one of the singers said, well, why don't you just come into my studio and we'll just kind of see what you've got. We'll see if you have any pipes because, you know, you might be one of those people that can sing without having any training. And that's where it started for me, where singing started. So thank goodness for drunk rock bands and thank goodness for, um, you know, people willing to just kind of take a chance on me. But Ever since I showed up in her studio, I've been studying voice professionally and seeing a vocal coach um, very, very frequently and working on technique, just like I had to do with marimba. So I really approached voice with a, um, a very technical mind, and I wanted to learn all the proper techniques. And, um, and so that's what I've been working on. And from there, I started writing songs and um, started getting more involved in the songwriting community. And then, you know, joined some bands and sang and just 
eventually my career evolved into me going solo and writing this album. So kind of a weird path and probably not a typical answer for that question, but um, I don't know that very many artists would say like, oh yeah, I, I used to play marimba and then suddenly I started singing. But that's kind of how it happened for me. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've got a good ear. I've got a lot of like formal musical training, just um, originally it wasn't in singing. So yeah, that's kind of my story. That's amazing. Kind of selfishly, I really want to hear a tool marimba cover now. Um. <laughs> oh my gosh, just YouTube them. They're amazing. I mean, just there's some really cool things out there. I, I feel like there's one Tool song, uh, like a little interlude on one of their early records that actually has a, a marimba on it. Um, You're probably right. Because Danny is insane. And uh, they're totally. all but uh, yeah, that's amazing. It's a, you know, everybody has their own path, which I love. And uh, that's why I do what I do. I want to find, I'm curious about that path. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Uh, do you have sure. like, uh, sort of in your pocket, a, a list of favorite singers or a favorite song that you like to, you know, that like, you know, does something for you that, uh, you know, validates the voice for you? Not, not really. I, uh, I think that I'm more of a little bit of this, little bit of that kind of person. I, I think that the band that really stands out for me that I really learned the most from is probably Alice in Chains. I really, I love their song structure. I love their harmony structure. They do a lot of really cool things with, um, with their key signatures and you know, a lot of it is just really great, fun, listening, awesome rock and grunge. But then when you take their songs apart and you want to cover them maybe or figure them out or, or create a marimbo or a piano piece with them, you start realizing, whoa, there's some genius down in here. That's what I love. I love bands that when you take the music apart, you develop a deeper appreciation for it. When on the surface, it just seems so easy to love. And then there's this deeper love that you can develop through really studying what they've done as artists in, in, a, in a more technical way. And so, you know, at Soundgarden is another band that's like that. You, um, you take apart a Soundgarden song and your mind just starts racing. It's like, whoa, there's a lot here. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's really what I'm attracted to. I, I find myself loving a song or loving a band, and then I go, oh, you know what? Let me take this apart and just kind of see what's under the covers. And sometimes it's like, oh, well, it's three chords cool <laughs> but sometimes it's really complicated and it just it just makes me smile it's really fun nice uh definitely two of my favorite bands and obviously we just passed the uh three-year anniversary of chris's pa passing so i've been down a Soundgarden, cornell temple of the dog rabbit hole myself lately and and alice is always one of my favorites too so those are two greats and uh very good points um just as we start to wind this down because i want to be respectful of your time uh, in besides working on music and, uh, you know, hopefully keeping sane, what are you doing to kind of, you know, stay creative and be sharp and do other things, hobbies or anything during this, uh, very tough time of isolation? Well, it's a little bit obsessive compulsive, but I have sort of, you know, taken every closet apart and reorganized it. I've also, 
I sort of decided one day that all my plants needed new pots. I just I just decided that. And so, you know, I've, I've been repotting things and reorganizing closets and reorganized my garage and just really just kind of letting that OCD happen, which, um, you know, in the past, I probably would have said, I really don't have time for this. I, I should be using my time in a different way. But I have, you know, I have indulged myself a little bit on that. So I have a very organized house, which is nice. Um, but it's also given me some space to continue writing, which is, is great. I'm, I'm working on, um, I think I've got five or six new songs that I've written, um, you know, in the last year. And a couple of those I've written during this, during this pandemic. And it has, um, it, it it has given me a little bit of silence to work with and, and let me be a little bit reflective. Um, and so I'm grateful for the time, uh, but I'm also, you know, I'm a little anxious. So I tend to fill the time with, with busy work instead of creative work when I'm especially anxious. So for me, it's kind of about, okay, you can spend maybe two hours organizing the closet or, you know, organizing the pantry or whatever it is, but then, you know, take a break and maybe think about doing something creative or just sit down at the piano and play Billy Joel for a little while. Like that's fine too. So <laughs> I've been doing that too. And then sometimes that segues into being able to write a little bit more music, which I'm grateful for. It's like you're my new best friend, Billy Joel, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, uh, you know, the occult, witchcraft. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I grew up on Billy Joel. I love me some Billy Joel. Um, you know, uh, one really last quick thing, which is that uh, it's funny that you talked about that uh, keeping busy, you know, as a rule. Um, a friend of mine has a very famous podcast about having uh, ADHD, but instead of making it a weakness, it's his superpower and it's called Faster Than Normal. And he talks a lot about how, you know, neurodiversity is on the rise and like, you know, a lot of people have it and it's not always a disability. It needs to break out of that stigma. And again, just like the mental health discussion earlier, if we break these stigmas that other people put on us, we can achieve a lot. And I love the positivity that you have. And even though you're very hyper aware of yourself, I, I like that you're trying to channel it into productive ways, even if you can't help it. <laughs> that podcast sounds so cool. I, I am super into that and, and into framing what is typically called disability into something that works for you and that makes you, you know, be creative and be productive in a special way. And I'm definitely going to check out that podcast. Thank you for mentioning it. I love it. Yep, It's called Faster Than Normal. And uh, it's perfect. No, selfishly, as a name-dropping person, it's a it's a famous person I went to high school with, and we're still friends. But uh, I shout him out when I can. Awesome. I he recently interviewed uh, the singer of Shine Down because that guy has anxiety really bad, and uh, sings about it. I I suppose a lot. And uh, so yeah, I just uh, uh, you know I know uh, I thought of you as soon as you started talking about it. I was like, you know, she would probably like this. Um, I would. I would. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Eva, it's been wonderful getting to talk to you and hear a little bit of your story. I'm super excited about more new music from you. Uh, I definitely, you've been definitely a breath of fresh air in, in this uh, very tough 2020. And again, I appreciate your support and I look forward to what you have coming down the road next. Thank you. It was so great talking to you. This was fun. Let's do it again. Indeed, we will. Thanks so much.
Thanks for checking out today's podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts. Also check out Ghost Cult Magazine on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally, check us out at ghostcultmag.com. We're out. Peace.